Hi guys, how are you doing? You are listening to the 20s podcast with me, Ash Williams, and today I am back with another amazing guest. Today we've got Bonnie Robinson on the pod, um, and she's chatting to us about all things food, cooking, and her mental health, and how they kind of go together as they've both been a big part of her life. Bonnie is a food influencer at Bonnie Does Food on Instagram. If you've not seen her cooking, I suggest you go and have a drool now before we start this app. Um, but here we go, guys. Here is app 14. Bonnie, what is one thing you want to do and one thing you want to see in your 20s? Well, one thing I want to do is I want to have like a fully published cookbook, but I want like a hardback. Like I don't want, I don't want none of that ebook. <laughs> none of that. I want to have a fully like hard, hardback uh, cookbook. And then I'd love to do like either a web show or like maybe even a TV show, but Ooh. you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves uh, to go along with it. So that's like one thing I'd really want to do. Like that would mean a lot to me, like having some kind of like published work. And then the one thing I want to see is I'd like to see myself on a sunny beach somewhere <laughs> or maybe somewhere in Northern Italy with like Specific. my home specifically. <laughs> that's, that, I'm pretty sure that's how Call Me By Your Name starts. <laughs> so maybe not like that, but somewhere in Northern Italy with my whole family and like friends on like a really nice holiday because I've got money to do that kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> that's love. one thing I want to do because I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like I could say like, oh, I want to see this side or do this, side. but I feel like for me that's like the ultimate like rich experience, like <laughs> a stress-free <laughs> holiday where I'm not like counting my coins and I can take <laughs> everyone with me. Yes, please, me. <laughs> so that's what I want to do. Bonnie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me <laughs> on this <laughs> Monday evening. I know we're literally sat here. What time is it? 10 to 8. This is, is a late one for me. This I know. I'm usually in bed at this time. I know. Um, and we have got a glass of wine. Mm. And you think you've converted me within one glass. I told you my secret tr- trick and I will share it again. New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc it is consistently delicious, no matter what bottle you get. Normally about £10. Delicious. I mean, I'm, I'm converted. Converted. Um... <laughs> So what can we say about how we know each other? Oh my God. School, oh my God, that, that evil fortress <laughs> of Cheeto Hume. <laughs> Things about high school, like whenever there's anyone from high school, I normally just have it in my head that I'm like, oh my God, like trauma. Like, I, oh God, I'll be like, this person knows me from school. Like that's the worst. Oh God, we're going to get into this. Yeah, but you know me from school and you know, that, that's fine. That's good. There's some, there's some goodness that's come. From yeah, so Bonnie was a year hole. above me in school. And then fast forward however many years. Oh my God, it's been like now. a gross amount of years. Like a lot of, a lot of my I want to say I left school at 15 because you said it's like 15 and 16, isn't it? So it's like eight years. Mm. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Um, and now you are living it big. Mm, being some, a food influencer. <laughs> being a food influencer. Um, and your page on Instagram is called mm. Bonnie Does Food. Yes. And you have nearly five thousand followers now i do have nearly five thousand followers which is cool like i'm looking forward to hit, hitting that milestone <laughs> that chill yeah, that mile, next milestone. Little, <laughs> yeah, that next little milestone but yeah that's where i'm at right now like i do other work but like the plan is to be a full food influencer yeah but you started that in i started april. that in april yeah at the start of lockdown just sort of out of boredom really so how tell us the story behind how it started and don't leave out the <laughs> juicy bits <laughs> why am I always so juicy okay so basically I I was living in London this actually goes a bit way back so I was living in London and I was like working in fashion and like I was just so unhappy I was like ugh, having an office job just isn't for me like felt like I wanted to work in fashion because that's like the type of person I wanted to be and wasn't really like being authentic to myself and I just ended up in like a very unhappy place mm. so then I moved home and I was like right drawing board start from scratch I was like what do I want to do and then it just like it was just so clear to me that the thing I wanted to do all along was food mm. but I feel like you know 
when you think of food and like what jobs you can do, you just automatically think of chef, don't you? Like, and I just knew I didn't want to be a chef. Like I know people that are chefs and it's like a very hectic, <laughs> stressful lifestyle. All chefs are yeah. like, angry as fuck. Yeah, a lot of them drink a lot and I already <laughs> drink a lot. So I don't think there's any need to add to that habit. So <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a chef. And then I just felt really like, Sort of like close, cause I couldn't sort of knew I wanted to do like influencing, but then I was like, nobody's gonna care. Um, I just didn't really know where to start with it. So I was just sort of feeling a bit downtrodden about it. And also I wasn't really like on my best confidence ones either at that time. And I remember actually like, I Googled um, like how to be a recipe developer. Cause I thought mm. like, oh, I'd love to go work for like Good Food Magazine or like develop recipes somewhere. Um, cause like I, I watched, I used to watch a lot of Bon Appetit, like a YouTube channel. I don't know if you've seen any of their stuff, but like, it just looked like such a dreamy workplace. Like it was like chefs that like developed recipes and like did YouTube videos. And I thought, oh, I'd love to do something like that. Mm. I Googled it. I swear the first article that came up of like a UK resource said, um, yeah, so I was working an office job. I was really unhappy. I was like, oh, <laughs> check. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, and then I asked my parents for the 25 grand for culinary school. And I thought like, Lol. oh, wow. Like, <laughs> That's so fun and relatable. Um, so I thought, okay, great, can't do that. And then obviously it gets locked down and like everyone was just sort of doing nothing. Like I was unemployed and I remember like, so I basically like, I was convinced I had Corona, but it was like pre-testing times. And I was like, you know what? Like, whatever, like I can't get Corona tests. I'm really ill. So I thought I'm going to start making some eclairs. And I remember like when I was still quite ill, I made like the custard for it. And it was in the fridge for like four days. My mum was like, Bonnie, you need to finish these fucking eclairs. <laughs> custard's gonna go off and I thought oh god okay fine so then I started making the eclairs and then there was like really nice lighting in the kitchen that day and I was just sort of like doing it and I thought oh this looks really like pretty like it's just very aesthetically pleasing so I thought I'm just gonna take like a few photos of the process and like whatever like like these this is my pastry like here's me filling it and just like just like for a bit of fun like genuinely and then I put that on my story and then loads of people were popping up like, wow, like, did you make these? Like, this is really good. And I sort of thought like, oh, okay. Like maybe people do care. Like, people like me. Oh my God, I don't say like self-serving, isn't it? It's like, oh, attention. I can go on. I can go on another day. So then I was like, right, okay, cool. And then I was just sort of like doing like little bits just for like the first couple of weeks of lockdown. I put stuff on my story. And then basically, <laughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> so when I just like, I'm not too keen on like, for various reasons like you know we, we, we always you know you can't get along with everyone everyone has one everyone's got well maybe more than one okay. but you know <laughs> it happens and then she was sort of like saying like she was gonna start a food blog and I was like what because she was like messaging me like asking how to make pesto and stuff and then blasting that on her story like <laughs> wait, wait 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 blasting your actual recipe oh well, yeah exactly. she, was like, oh, she was like wow like that's so cool like you made pesto and I, was, I wasn't gonna be an arsehole about it I was like oh yeah like you know like here's how I made it and she's like cool and then like the next day she's like my pesto like sparkle emojis and I was like whoa 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 I was like this is plagiarism <laughs> what is this I thought okay that's not, not great is it and then she put like a poll up like oh like I'm gonna um I'm gonna start a food blog like what do you guys think and I was like no no more say no more <laughs> Cause my, like she can't get there first. I was like, no, no, this is this is the drive I needed. Because I was thinking about it. And my friends were like, do it. And I just thought, oh, I was like, I don't know. It's really, it's really embarrassing, doesn't it? When you're like oh. starting a project. I know it's literally like, where's the self-esteem? But like, <laughs> it's like, I just felt a bit like, oh, I don't know. Like, am I going to be a bit shy or whatever? But then, then I thought that's the final straw. I thought, no. This girl's not going to I've got this in the bag. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> literally the snaky origins of funny this food <laughs> but then just yeah from that day I was just like okay and I just decided it was I didn't even like need to think about it I just like wanted to cook every single day and I just said to myself I'm just gonna challenge myself to like come up with something new every single day mm. and just take photos of it and just share it and then it just sort of blew up really which it's is very humbling it's <laughs> very very much blew up I remember seeing everything and being like so so dang like I literally mm. nearly text you and asked you if I could buy oh a blondie off you because I was literally <laughs> I was on my period and I was like I need a blondie <laughs> and I'm not making one yeah, I was no. like I nearly text you it'd be like that sometimes it really does but um <laughs> so right now you want to venture off Instagram yeah because into YouTube. I do because I have personal beef with Instagram because I just don't think it's a very nice app like in my personal opinion I think Instagram's on the out like I 
I just think the way that we consume Instagram is so different to like how we used to. And I remember I was, I was telling you about my thoughts on Mark Zuckerberg. Like I can't believe he is the face of an app that's about image. Like when he looks very <laughs> reptilian and not alive. I just think as soon as, <laughs> as soon as he took the reins on Instagram, I was like, I don't think I like it here. Because like the whole experience is really like tailored from, it's not you anymore. Like you can have people you follow. And then ever since they took away the chronological order of things it's kind of like right here's what we want you to see and it's kind of like okay well this is this is an app about me and like my myself and I think due to the nature of Instagram and the way that everyone's just like you know gets in their feelings about likes and stuff because mm. I do some like I do I'll be like post a picture of my face and I'll be like okay is this is this what the, the people think <laughs> this isn't great and I just don't really I don't really enjoy that side to things like even did you see the new feature they've added like that little shopping I've not I've seen it but I've not updated it's my like the weirdest there. thing ever it's like they move the likes like the top right corner and then just you know why would they do that and add a shopping tab like who is shopping on Instagram like you get inspired yeah. to buy things on Instagram so I just feel like it's so ad focused like it doesn't really feel me I don't really feel like I can accurately represent myself like in a sort of single image which I don't mean to say that like I'm the most interesting person <laughs> ever like I'm not like the other girls but like I just personally like really struggle with the format and I don't yeah. enjoy it so it's I, not in depth is it that's the no no YouTube is like very yeah like, come watch me cook yeah Properly. yeah exactly like I'm 100% passionate about like showing like the process in detail and like because I think that's how you really learn how to cook like I feel like the problem is with a lot of recipes is you have to almost have like knowledge already of how to cook to follow a recipe mm. sometimes like I know people say like cooking's easy just follow the recipe but then it's actually not really like that because there's a lot of different factors that can change things like oven temperature or like you've not got the same pans and mm. you have to have sort of knowledge of cooking to follow a recipe so I think YouTube for me is like the end game because that's the resource where I can like show off my personality properly I, you know, I've got too much to say for a 60 second video like I just can't do it I tried it and I was like oh god no it's a flop so I think YouTube's the, the one I think YouTube is the one to move on to for you mm -hmm. but sticking to how much you cook and how regularly you were cooking in lockdown anyway mm. I kept on thinking like how are you doing it were you like super organized for one and for two like surely you had so much food in your fridge on a daily oh yeah it was, it was did you problem. give it away yeah well <laughs> so I basically just like became like the superhuman person in lockdown like miss her because I was like running a, I was every morning I'd wake up and run do an exercise class start my cooking and then like if I needed to go to the shop for a recipe I'd go to the shop and then it was just like that was my day every single day and like I'm such a routine person like I really thrived under that routine because a I was like doing something I really really cared about and it was the same every single day so what I'd normally do is on a Sunday I have like a big like inspiration list in my notes app that like if I get an idea I'll add to it and I just have a big checklist basically so I'd like look at that checklist and then be like right Monday, Tuesday, and I'd write it down in my notes app, like, this is what I'm going to do on these days. And then my days just sort of went like that, really. And some days I might, like, deviate and want to do something else, but that's just sort of what I was doing. And it's funny you say about that, there must have been so much food. Like, like obviously, it's, like, me and my mum at home, but then <laughs> we'd be eating a lot. But then we've got lodgers and stuff as well, like, people that live in the house to pay rent. So I'd just be, like, giving food to them or, like, yeah, like, giving food to, like, friends and stuff if they, like, you know, because it was, like, really socially distanced back then. Like, you mm. leave something on the porch and they could take it away. Aww. Yeah, I love sharing my food with people like that. But I was just super organised because, like, I just had a vision. Like, I just knew what I wanted to do each day. <laughs> Did you have, like, a shopping day? Uh, yeah, i try and, like, go to the shop, like, every, like, two or three days we've got a pretty like epic store cupboard like so you look in the pantry yeah the pantry <laughs> like Christ <laughs> so middle class but um <laughs> it is really like in depth but then I feel like there's just always something you need isn't there you're always like let's get there. back to the shop yeah back to the shop I go so that was my routine mm, so you have such strong beliefs about food like do. socially and culturally <laughs> culturally mm. which I'd actually never heard before you but you proper described it as like food being such a basic mm. pleasure exactly um, do you want to expand on that yeah yeah so for me like food is obviously life because like it's literally like the thing I love doing most but if you actually deep food as a construct, like not only, we literally need it to live, like first of all, like every single person out there deserves the right to like a nutritious, like nice meal essentially. And like I say, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. Like the serotonin levels that you get from eating something really delicious, like they're up there. 
So not only do you need to survive, but it's a big part of your happiness. And a lot of the time I think like, I don't know, like I plan my day around my meals. Like I'll wake up and I'll be like, right, breakfast. Like what are we having? Mm. Like such a big part of our lives, obviously because we eat every day. But then if you actually think about like, all the different ways that people around like the world experience food like mm. whether it's like some people eating with their hands some people eating on the floor or whether it's like some people obviously using different seasoning spices you name it like everyone's got a different way of enjoying food but then there's also like the political side of things where not pe- people can't access food like obviously all the Marcus Ra- Rashford stuff was in the press recently and I remember like do you ever get in- I don't know if you use Twitter but I'm, I really love Twitter and I was like, you know, when you end up stalking people with horrible opinions because you're just like, what? Like, mm. I remember this woman, there was like a, a thread about Marcus Rashford. And this woman was like, why don't they go foraging like for their food? And I thought like, oh my, my goodness, like you can't forage or grow some potatoes if you live on an estate where it's concrete everywhere. Like it's just like, no. Why don't they go foraging? I know. Imagine We're if someone gave you a basket. in first world country. <laughs> no one should have to forage for food in the exactly. fucking woods. And as well, like, I don't fucking look forward to foraging. Like, <laughs> I think I go forage wild garlic yeah, every no, I was gonna March. Say, gonna and that be? makes me feel very country. <laughs> but, like, it's so rude. And as well, like, people don't have the time. Like, I think, obviously, my whole ethos with food is, like, I want everyone to be able to enjoy good food. But, you know, you do have to remember, like, you know this is what I mean about like the the social constructs of it and everything like if you live in like a shared house in London with 10 other people and you only get the kitchen for half an hour like you can't like necessarily enjoy food in the same way that other people can but I think if there's a way that we can sort of all in our own little little world and little way you can like embrace embrace food and obviously yeah make it a space where everyone can go out and eat it enjoy it like Karen on Twitter shouldn't be telling you to go forage (laughs) if your friends cook for you Mm mm-hmm how do, how do you feel? Because it's obviously not going to be as good as when you cook. Like, I'm well, sorry My, to my say. head is inflating. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so whenever anyone cooks for me, I'm just, like, really happy. Because at the end of the day, like, it's really kind. Like, I think, you know, when you make something, you're making it with your hands. Like, you put time and effort into it. And then you, you sit down together and eat it together. Like, I think that kind of, like, meal time of, like, sitting and eating with someone. Like, even if you're, like, literally, like watching films with your mum and you get a takeaway like there's something about sitting with someone you care about and having a meal with them that's like really special moments so if anyone cooks something for me like obviously I'm really really happy but then I am just such a backseat driver like I will be there like "Hmm, I think you should add you know give some little helpful tips like so annoying but obviously I'm just really happy when anyone cooks for me that makes me feel so warm like inside like maybe I should think whilst I eat my food instead of just like swallowing (laughs) it like sit there and then like you should because like I think there's just so much like unhappiness like in the world like especially with everything going on right now and I think that was another reason why people like were drawn to my account because I think there was just like a lot of passion that went into it um and people like to see like people enjoying themselves and doing nice things and when you're eating like it's good to just sit down and actually enjoy it like don't get me wrong like I don't necessarily do that with all my meals like wow this is lovely but <laughs> <Every night. laughs> yeah I'm just like isn't this great <laughs> but you do have to sort of find a way to enjoy the small things in life and especially like I say you eat every day so you might as well make a statement about enjoy it, it. And enjoy it you deserve to I want to move on to school okay because I know you had a terrible time at school Mm-hmm. but talking about cooking like have you always loved cooking because I remember when you started your page thinking this is sick but I yeah. never knew Bonnie oh, loved cooking this much tricks under my um, and it's like it was out of the blue but it must have not been out of the blue no it wasn't for me like I always sort of remember cooking like my mum bless her little, little con socks like she's always just like encouraged every sort of hobby I've ever had like she's just one of those types of people and then obviously I was really into cooking but I used to like I sort of got into it like baking like you know like you do baking with your mum lady like cooking up biscuits and that kind of jazz <laughs> and then I think I was always just really big on eating as well um <laughs> I sort of like I remember my mum like would never really buy junk food and stuff and I was like well I was making like, <laughs> like fine you can't stop me um so I was just always cooking from an early age and then I remember I used to like with my best friends in school I used to like bake them cakes for their birthdays and bring them in and like I think people sort of like that knew me really well knew I like to cook but then like I say I didn't really think of ever doing anything with it because you just sort of think oh I've just got this little hobby like cute like, I don't really think you're you're necessarily encouraged to explore some of your hobbies when you go to a private school because mm. I think they're just like university or 
piss off like, yeah, literally, it's like food tech but it's like yeah it was food and nutrition probably like, cook better than they taught you to yeah, food tech anyway sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was better um yeah like I, yeah obviously my food tech teacher like, i was like star of the class in food tech but like again i didn't really think anything of it because i just thought oh well i'm good at this class because like i like cooking at home but then i honestly really do say like the <laughs> one of like the pioneering things in my my food like passions was definitely like being mentally ill because it was just something I could always do and always enjoy and then when I was like having a really bad time in London when I was really unhappy I would just like binge watch YouTube videos like literally like lay in bed for eight hours and just like watch food videos and it really just upped my skill levels oh it did like this is what I need about YouTube being a really good resource like I just felt so inspired and like I say like it gave me like a reason to get out of bed because I'd be like oh well I, I might go to the shop and buy some ingredients and cook something so yeah, like in school, I don't really think I was super loud about it. I was only really loud about it with like my close ones. Mm. What does buttery biscuit base mean <laughs> to you though? Well, <laughs> what a story. Go on, what happened? So I think I was like 12 or something and I was at the Good Food show with my like mum and whatever. And then they were, the, the master chef, chef judges, John Tyrone and Greg Wallace were doing like a, like a cooking competition there and like anyone could enter. And I was like, I had like very little confidence at this point. But I feel like when you're 12, like for some reason, you've still got a bit left. Um, still something's old <laughs> on to That's hard. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that, mum. And she's like, come on, do it. Like, it'll be a good experience. So I, I did it. And then, yeah, I made a stem ginger, caramelized stem ginger cheesecake. Because there was like, it was like ready, steady cook vibes. Like there was literally like a big tray of ingredients at the front. You sort of fight for your life to grab things. I was like, right, digestive biscuits. Cream cheese. Well, you could just join in if you wanted to. Well, though, no, right? I like signed up at the start of the day. Oh, there right, it is. That day. Yeah, yeah. I, I just signed, yeah, they didn't like pluck me out the crowd like a star is born. Like, this girl, I know she could cook. I see it in her eyes. Uh, so I signed up for it and then I was, yeah, in the competition and you had to like grab shit at the start. And I was like, oh my God. And it, everyone was an adult. Like, do you know what I mean? I oh, really? Yeah, it was all adults. Um, Anyway, yeah, so I made a stem ginger caramelized cheesecake situation. And then Greg Wallace said he liked my buttery brisket base. You heard it here first. <laughs> and I'm sorry, like, everyone everyone saw the YouTube video back in the day. Like, that was a song. So that was a movie. If you take that out of context, it, it sounds yeah. a bit wrong. I was 12 and then Greg Wallace said... And he liked my buttery brisket base and then winked at me. And it was very disturbing. <laughs> and I never saw him again. <laughs> But no, it was it was it was a food context. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Did you win? I did win. I won. Congrats. I mean, yeah, that's here. always my icebreaker because like whenever like I start a job or whatever, and they're like, "Tell me a fun fact about you." I'm like, "I won MasterChef," and then I'm like, "Small MasterChef." <laughs> <laughs> start big, grab their attention, but yeah, and then reel it back. Exactly. Well, you brought up being well I don't actually remember if you just brought that up but like your mental health mm-hmm. and I think that stemmed from being bullied in school mm-hmm. um tell us a bit about that like how bad was it and yeah just like what are your thoughts looking back on it now my thoughts looking back on it now is I just feel very sorry for myself and not in like a self-pitying self-serving way but the way I see it is I think like every child deserves to like go to school and feel safe and feel happy and be able to get the most out of their learning experience because I think school is such a funny thing because it's such like a short time in your life but I think because it's such like a key development stage for you it can really like make you or break you Mm. and that's why I think like every single person deserves to go to school like and not like want to cry at the end of it like cry on the school bus home and so I just think that's really sad like I don't think um like it's like oh poor me where is me but I look at it from like a like a bigger perspective because that kind of stuff does go on and it can get really really bad like kids can be so mean like like what what is their problem like you're a child you've got nothing to do you've got no bills to pay and they can just be really savage so I think what really happened was like my mental health was sort of bad like I had really like poor self-esteem issues and like there was like bad stuff going on at home and then I sort of just started like acting out and like rebelling and like mm. sort of going off on one. And when I look back now, I kind of realize like, oh, well I was doing that cause I was depressed. Like, whereas I think like I was sort of rebelling and like doing crazy stuff. And then it was just drawing attention to me. And then it was just that sort of like really kicked off the bullying and like the, like people like shouting stuff at me, like going to lessons and like 
just like really wearing me down, like like coming for me on social media for like no reason. And just like to the point where I was like, I ended up being like hospitalized and stuff. And I told you, I, I remember laying in my hospital bed after a very traumatic um, event earlier. And then a boy in my year messaged me and was like, oh, how dare you do that? That's so selfish. Like, did you not think about your family in that moment? I just thought like, I'm 14. Like, this is a bit what much. What I'm about is like, is this person your friend? No, oh my oh, no. <laughs> Wherever no. he is, like, I would literally like, just throw him the middle finger. Fuck you. Okay, right. Because like, I just think, why tear someone down when they're in the most vulnerable state? And I think that's like, one of the really weird things about school. It's like, you see a lot of vulnerable people sort of drifting through and then, for some reason, they just get ignored or like swept under the carpet. So I think that was like a really big problem for me at school because I felt like all these like terrible things were happening to me and my behavior was like really like erratic. And I felt like nobody was like really seeing me for who I was and like sitting me down and being like, there's obviously a problem here. <laughs> like, And that's why like at the end of the day, like you can be annoyed at like the kids that were mean to you. And I definitely think like some of them would need to like look back at that and be like, okay, that wasn't cool. But at the end of the day, they were kids. Like, I think there were lots of adults like failing me in that situation as well. And I think it was like the start of my mental health journey and it was just like, everyone was sort of ignoring it. And I found that really bizarre. And I think it still sort of happens to this day, but it just really made me like crave validation because I felt like nobody was ever listening to me or like seeing me for who I was. So, but now I'm an adult, I can just sort of be like, oh, well, I, I know myself really well now. Yeah. So I'm like totally like self-assured in that light. But when you're a child, like you don't know yourself. <laughs> like, Do you think like no adults like in the school and stuff mm. even kind of brought your attention to what like depression or anxiety or anything was and kind of just swept it under the rug? A hundred percent. Like this is what I think is so clapped about like mental health because I think it is a huge problem. Like you could probably list like 10 of your friends at least who've had like something that's gone on with their lives. And I think it's, I think the conversation is probably better than it was like, yeah, like whatever, eight years ago. But um, I don't really think it had, the situations got better. Like I think when I was at school, like I was obviously going through it and my, the only thing I knew about mental health was people kill themselves. So I thought if I'm not doing that, then I don't really deserve the title of depression. Like I felt like depression was such like, like a term that I wasn't almost worthy of, which sounds really strange, but I just I just didn't know that you could sort of just like suffer on the daily. Do you think that's because you mainly saw it on like TV and stuff? I think and so. Like, it was never actually taught to you about like yeah. what it is before. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think, yeah, like I say, when you see like depression, you might like read a newspaper article about someone like killed themselves like by throwing themselves off a bridge or something. And you're like, that's what you think. Like, yeah. that's all you know. So I didn't know that like me being like tired or like me like experimenting with like drink and drugs and sex and all those things at an early age when you're just like a child could have been anything to do with that. I think I was just like so like convinced that I just had teenage hormones and looking back, it's like so blindingly obvious like what was going on. And like I say, like nobody said anything at school and like I was like, like known throughout the teachers as like someone that was like going through problems and was like being problematic but instead of like really assessing the situation like after like I ended up going to hospital um I remember like I had a I I had a disciplinary after it which is just mental I know for what for so I was like having drama at school like because of like (laughs) social media so they made me have a disciplinary um, literally like three days after I got out because they wouldn't send me back to school without this disciplinary. And I remember like they were reading my Facebook messages to my mum and like reading like private things. Um, and I got up the room because I was like so overwhelmed and crying because I was like embarrassed and whatever. It was like my mum, I didn't want my mum to like read some of those things. And then they suspended me for walking out of the room of a disciplinary without like taking, do you know what I mean? And my mum stuck up for me. She was like, um, like, no, like there's no need for you to be saying these things. Like, and he was like, I've got to say everything that's on the list. And it was like, no, you don't. You like don't. Have, have some soul, like have some empathy. Like I feel mm. like we don't often treat people with depression with much empathy because I think a lot of the symptoms can make you look like maybe selfish or lazy or do you know what I mean? Like people don't really tend to believe you for some reason. Again, really strange, but obviously at that time I was just like I've had this disciplinary like this is horrible and they sort of just sent me back into school and then I remember they 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 um assigned me a guard um 
what's she called a guidance counselor but it was someone I didn't know they didn't tell nobody used the word depression like even when I was at the hospital I remember they asked me if I wanted therapy and I said no because I was like what do I need therapy for like yeah isn't it so strange that like, nobody ever used the word like it was some kind of a dirty word so I kind of hope now that like you know things have improved and that I like to think but then I also just don't really have much faith in the system because because it's so hard to get like therapy because they just sort of want to be like okay here's some antidepressants because we don't know what to do with you yeah it's really frustrating so I think that's why it's really important that people are educated because if I'd have like maybe known more about it when I was 14 I wouldn't have just thought like oh I'm just being silly like oh I'm just on a bit of a mad one like do you know a child can't be on a mad one like you're a child like you think oh it's just my hormones but yeah like, look around like it's not yeah the norm. so like you should be getting proper education on it mm. or like the pshe days did you not find anything no if anything really in PSHE, people used to just turn at me and laugh because i was up to badness so like, i was just like okay like great helpful so i i personally don't really remember learning anything about it but either way like maybe even if I think there's. I think teachers do have a bit of a duty of care over children. Like obviously they can't. You Massive. know they're not, they're not superhumans. Like they can't pick up on everything. Like but I I feel like because I was known to the school for like being some of the problems. It was really bizarre to me that nobody ever said like, do you feel like you have depression? Do you know what depression is? Because you know symptoms like sleeping more and just really small things that you might not actually if you don't know about them you don't think about it. Did you have any of those? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was I was totally like sleeping in. I was being really reckless. I was being like hypersexual, and I think that's another one like symptom of depression that people don't talk about like hypersexuality because I think people don't really like. There's a lot of stigma about that kind of like thing, and like mm. I think as well like me I've always been like a liberal feminist kind of character um and I think when you're younger you kind of think like oh I'm like moving mad but like I'm a liberal feminist so like you know I don't want to be misogynistic but then again like these are all sort of symptoms of like further mental health problems and I just kind of wish someone had like sat me down and told me that so I think like to this day I would still always if someone tells me they're feeling a bit down or they're feeling a bit like this like I would always like validate their feelings and be like oh well you know it could be something more like if you thought about like you know, I mean, more things you could do to stop being sad instead of just like brushing under the carpet. Because I feel like as a society, we're just sort of expected to be a bit unhappy all the time. So now I'm like taking a stand over that. I'm like, no, it's not mm. for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I get you. I, and also like hypersexuality and stuff is a massive thing after grief mm. that I've seen. And like, oh, I didn't know that about not, grief. It, that's like when obviously depression after grief, not even yeah. depression, just being like, yeah, grieving blah, 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 blah. is so that's overwhelming. Like your, that's your outlet. Yeah. So I feel like that is so good that you brought that up because I don't think people talk about that. Like people talk a lot about like depression and like, you know, like going out and drinking and like, but there's, there's lots of different ways you can sort of self harm and like abuse your body. Um, but then because we're not really having those conversations, even like when it comes to like drinking alcohol, like people almost don't want to say like, oh, you're, like, drinking a lot more than usual, you're doing whatever, because, like, people don't want really, like, people, people don't want to, like, come for you. It's like, mm. it's, like, you're not coming for me, like... Tell me. Yeah, <laughs> like, shit, like, I wish someone had said to me, like, listen, like, why are you moving like this? Have you actually deeped it? But, yeah. you know, like, I wasn't really expecting my peers to do that at the time, because they were in the same boat I was in, like, they didn't really know. Um, so, yeah, I just think hypersexuality gets brushed under the carpet, but I do think, um, I, I guess those conversations are quite difficult to have. Mm. Hopefully it's improving, we like to think. And like the conversation around mental health is improving. So yeah, we'll go from there. But I know you're passionate about cooking for your mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I get it because it's like very methodic, but you described it as escapism which I just found yeah. like so beautiful, like honestly. Yeah, oh my God, when I'm in my little zone, like literally it's like, it's like I always feel like I'm doing like a dance around the kitchen, like the way you're like going from one cupboard and then getting a saucepan out and like mm. the movements, it's just totally like total escapism for me. And then it's just such a nice reward at the end, like it's a win-win. <laughs> but what I do think about that is I think, you know, coming back to like mental health and everything, I think everyone needs sort of a form of escapism. And like I, like I was saying, you can pick like drugs, alcohol, sex like well, you can pick whatever but you need to have like obviously a healthy escapism and I think the reason I tie cooking to mindfulness is because I honestly do feel like it sort of puts me in like a meditative state and I think people talk a lot about like running like running can running can do that as well like if you're in long distance running you sort of get to a point where you sort of shut your mind off because mm. you just all you're focused on is like doing what you're doing 
And I think, you know, it's just so methodical. Like if I've like got a task at hand, I'll be like, right, well, I need to get an onion out. I need to chop the ends off. I need to peel it. Oh, I need to get a saucepan out. Oh, I need to put the oil on. Like I'm just able to like transport myself to that place. And then like I say, I obviously get a nice reward at the end. <laughs> There's like no time to think of anything else, really. That's no. the thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I just think it's just, I think everyone just deserves that sort of little time in their day to just take your mind to somewhere that's like not work or school or friends or boyfriends. Like, I think cooking's a really nice outlet for that. It is. And, and you have to be in the present. Like you can't. Yeah. You're not thinking like ahead or backwards because you're like, okay, what do I have to do right now? Totally. Because that's, that's like, I think that's you. a really big thing about people with depression is they, they're looking at the bigger picture instead mm. of the smaller picture. Like I think when you're feeling rough, you are thinking about like, shit like I don't know like I've got this bill to pay like I've broken up with this boyfriend or I'm like oh my life's always been a mess like from the age of 14 I've been miserable like you know what I mean mm. you're thinking about all these really like things you don't really need to think about because you I mean I listened to Sarah's episode for the podcast and what she what she said like quite resonated with me because she said when you have anorexia like you sort of program your mind into this like way of thinking because mm. you know her context was like people would be like why can't you just eat but it's like you've programmed your mind and I think if you've had like long-term depression you, you've literally refused your wires together into like this negative way of thinking so I think when you can take yourself away onto the smaller picture it's hard when you're thinking about like all the shit that's gone on in the past and the horrible vast scariness of the future and if mm. you have bad mental health like the future feels like a threat because you feel like oh, things might not get better and I don't know if I can hack that. So anything you can do to sort of just zone out and take your mind somewhere, just simple, just the, the present, the now, the now is good. Yeah, and now people hopefully will acknowledge like, mm, cooking actually does help me. I hope so. Um, but like like you said before about being being at school, cooking's not really seen as like something you can experience expand on or like grow to mm -hmm. do something amazing with apart from like being a chef I want to take it back to school and just say like a bad time at school can veer you off a career path and mm. would you say that happened for you yeah a hundred percent because I feel like I was having this bad time in school and like my main focus was getting the fuck out of that place <laughs> like I remember after my last GCSE I was on the bus and I was listening to Dog Days by Florence the Machine and I remember just like bursting into tears on the bus because I was like wow the dog days are over <laughs> like but then little did I know they weren't like oh my God. <laughs> they weren't it was just like the first like step into like shit like all I wanted to do was leave school and get out of that place but then really what it just meant was like I was just totally veered off education because I just had such negative associations with the place and when your mental health bad as well it's really hard to like sit down and do work and like concentrate and I just felt totally like uninspired and I felt like I almost deserved like something else after having such a bad time there I was like whatever fuck this I think I went to college for like three months my attendance was 60% I was like this isn't working is it like this needs to stop it's a bit of average yeah <laughs> it was enough for them to suggest I left and I was like yeah I agree so then I thought right I'm gonna do an apprenticeship and I was like okay like I'm so like I'm a career woman like and I was really excited to have money because like I didn't really like like get much pocket money and things like that like um especially going to private school you sort of with all these people with this vast wealth and I remember mm. always kind of feeling like oh I didn't have money to buy that like those Doc Martens or whatever was in fashion <laughs> American Apparel disco pants like yes <laughs> yeah, that takes me back <laughs> so I just wanted to have money to sort of do those kinds of things so I was I was really happy to have an apprenticeship at first but then it just sucked me into this another world of unhappiness because I thought oh no education wasn't for me and now work's not for me like yeah what now like and it's such a scary feeling and like obviously I had like a really like obvious passion at school like to my friends and my family and like so obviously like yeah I'm a food tech teacher and stuff like people sort of knew but I just was never sort of encouraged to do anything with it because it wasn't university and then as well like when you're doing an apprenticeship like I, I really enjoyed the fact I could go visit my friends at uni at the weekend but I just felt so like I was missing out on this big experience and I felt like I, I was like looking into doing my A-levels and seeing if I could do them at home I was just so confused all the time I was like I feel like the things I want to do like aren't traditional and like they're different but all I want to do is sort of fit in with my friends and everything mm. else so I think having a bad time at school like definitely veered me away from education but like you know you just have such a grand perspective over things like after a long period of time and now I'm really grateful for that because I think that was 
the, the, the divine timing, like everything sort of worked out in a really twisted, like maybe unnecessarily mean way. <laughs> but, but it got it you to realize that like, you don't need to go down the education route mm-hmm. because you're so good at cooking you can do stuff with that yeah and there's all these new careers that are emerging like to be fair like obviously I'm saying like oh I wish maybe people would encourage me to like do food as a career a bit earlier but thinking about it like some of the jobs I want to do like didn't necessarily exist in the same way they do now and like you know like all the baby boomers want to get pissy about being an Instagram influencer because they've worked for fucking you know bob at the office for 40 years and they think like that's how it should be done yeah that's so unfair yeah like people like get a real job i'm like babe i earn more money than you (laughs) (laughs) like this is this is real (laughs) what more do you need yeah and as well like i think you know jesus christ like people look at influencers and think like wow like i wish that was me like christ like i've been watching live island and being like Molly May is incredible. Like, I love mm. this bitch. Like, why? Mm. And you just sort of think, but then there's a lot of jealousy around it because people people just are trained, like I was saying, to be unhappy and like be told like, you know, like this is what you should be doing. It's like, I, don't, I don't think it's so. Like, we're having the same outcome. Yeah. Like, I think, well, I'm, well, you're get, we're getting more money, but it's the same outcome. Ooh. But like people are taught to be like, oh no, you need to be in an office nine till five and sit down to earn that money. Yeah, Which they is don't. Not, not what you need to be told nowadays. Like, especially when you're miserable in your office job. I remember my first office job. I was like spending like hours of the day like googling, like traveling, like how to leave. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I just knew straight away. I was like, this is the wrong fit for me. And like, I don't want to like shit on office jobs because like they they work for so many people and a lot of people like really enjoy that kind of routine and structure. But for me, like, I don't know. I feel like everything with my mental health as well has made it harder for me to have an office job because I kind of struggle with feeling like really like tied down and like I don't want to say having to commit because that makes me sound a bit like nitty but like I mean like you know like I find it stressful sort of not being able to do the things I really care about um and I think maybe the older generations look at that as such a negative and think like oh come to the real world sis Mm. but it's like actually like I think I can see more for myself I can see myself doing things I really care about and making money doing it like why shouldn't we Mm. what do you think you've like guided yourself on because I know when I left uni and knew I didn't want to do anything with my psychology degree like Mm. the whole way through I would just constantly google like Mm. Maya Jama Snoochie Shy like what is every presenter in the world what have they done to get there and I need to do the exact same thing because I've not been told yeah how to get from A to B apart from like education so I was like literally what do I do very isolating what do you think you like looked at like social media well this is the thing like I said I I looked at that fucking article like oh yeah I just asked my parents for money for culinary school I had Mm. my heart set on culinary school for a long time because I felt like I sort of needed that kind of qualification like you know the prestige because like the culinary schools I'm looking at are like you know fancy like but I wanted that like because obviously I could I can cook really well but then there's kind of like formal skills that I like even to this day like if I like I don't know won enough money on the lottery I'd probably go for like the experience because there are lots of skills you could pick up there but to do the sort of jobs I wanted to do it was like oh I went to culinary school and then I met some people and you know those kinds of connections and I think the problem is with sort of bang into the beat of your own drum and doing your own thing like it can, it can be really frustrating because you just sort of want like everything to be easy and like make sense yeah. and I think that's why office jobs do appeal <laughs> to a lot of people because it, it brings you that kind of like structure that school did like you're in year nine mm. summer okay now I know I'm going in year 10 like there's just this that very obvious exactly that yeah. yeah there's this really obvious path for you and then obviously when you're in an office job it's like you know you, you're always you know trying to climb the ladder essentially but the ladder does not appeal to me <laughs> Um, but then again, that's really frustrating because I'm like, shit, like I just kind of want to just know exactly how how it's going to happen for me. But yeah. you, you can't know that. So it's like, like I say, you can like there's other there's other food influencers and like people just sort of skyrocket onto different levels of success in their own time. But it's just really important to remember you are on your own timeline. And like, for instance, I like massively blew up at the start and then it sort of like it slowed down. It lost a bit of traction, but then it just made me realize like how much I wanted to do YouTube. Like sometimes these moments of like self-reflection and self-doubt really like push you into the right direction if you are going to like pick a career that's not you know climbing the ladder like tradition you do just sort of need to like have faith in the process Mm -hmm. and don't compare yourself yeah because that can sometimes be the only way you think you know where you're at exactly whereas like in a 
real job. It's like <laughs> promotions, like what is my title, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know where you're at. But just don't compare yourself because it mm. really is like the thief of all possible joy. Yeah, it's hard out here. Like, <laughs> like people think you're nothing. Hard. Like if you compare, you're I nothing. I know, like you do. It is really sad because like, I feel like that all the time. Like I feel like every time, like I, I, I don't want to, I don't get jealous of anybody else. I, I'm more just deep on my own skills and ability. And like, I'm like, I know, like, you know, when you just so like know something in your bones, like it's your destiny. Like, you know, you just know, like, you know, when you know, and mm. I just know that this is what I want to do. And this is, this is how I'm going to live my life. But when it does get a bit hard and I'm seeing like other people like see all these successes, I'll just be like, why am I so terrible? And it's like, yeah. no, no, you're not. Like you just have to like trust the process and just keep doing what you're doing and keep doing what you love because the end of the day if you're doing something you love like i genuinely don't believe there can be a truly bad outcome because mm-hmm. at the end of the day if you give something to something you love like it's always gonna it's always gonna pay you back it's always gonna be better than doing yeah. something you hate exactly for the rest of your life oh i know like i'm just so baffled by old people like <laughs> what's your problem like you know what i mean like, it's not all old people happy? by the way yeah yeah sorry it's I'm, just, I'm generalizing it's just, i'm generalizing it's just spiteful people really. it's just yeah i think i do think there is a generational issue because like even like happy people and nice people like even my mum sometimes like sorry mum she's gonna be listening to this like fucking calling me out for but like you know like there is just that kind of like generational difference and with like how life was for them and how life is for us mm-hmm. um like this is what i was saying before about mental health as well like even though like you know like older people in your life might really love and care about you like their generation was like there just get on with it you know mm-hmm. just go out there and deal with it kind of thing and obviously like i look at that and think okay well that's worked for them in some ways but then i don't think they were necessarily happier i just think they were less vocal about mm-hmm. it i agree but you have done amazing and you should know that and as you said your page like blew up at the start Mm -hmm. so i want to get some tips for people so one of the tips i want to get is how to grow your page quickly it could be a page for anything really Mm -hmm. but like any tips like anything you did yeah so i mean it's really funny because like i didn't have a strategy but then it just ended up working out quite well (laughs) like (laughs) this is not what we want to hear (laughs) yeah no tips for you no i do i do have tips because i can tell tell you what i did but like my genuine like reason for doing it was just because it was just something to keep me happy something something to keep me entertained but like obviously i didn't know i wanted to do food so it, it did have purpose but I was posting every single day. And this is this is my, this is the thing about Instagram. Like you do have to be a bit of a bitch for the, for the algorithm because like you will show up on people's feeds consistently. Mm. Like the way the algorithm works, obviously if you just post something, you know, the because everything's fucking put out there for you by good old Mark, <laughs> um, you can, you can miss things. So when you, when you're posting every single, every single day, then you'll come up earlier in the feed obviously just put passion into everything you do like it's okay to just like sort of shit post just because you want to be on the algorithm but then think sometimes like is am i proud of this like is this Mm. something i care about but if you can sort of post every day like put stuff on your story put love into it like it will grow and i think i was quite lucky as well because like people were sharing it on my behalf so like if your friends and stuff do want to give you a shout out you never know who who out there could be sort of listening or watching and then that can just create new opportunities for you and i think it's also important to like reach out to other creators if you can like mm-hmm. make some friends like interact with posts like build that community because then you know one day they might give you a shout out like they might do a follow friday and all these things they they, they build your audience but I do, I do think a really big thing is like trying to come up with content this is instagram like specifically if you can post every single day then you will build your account i think hashtags and stuff obviously work but i was really seeing like the most success when i was consistently posting yeah consistently posting and what you just said about other people posting your stuff on their stories Mm -hmm. basically is having shareable content that's true which um daisy who came on the pod like last episode or something said is like a massive thing about growing a page so yeah, i'm sure so she'd agree yeah yeah yeah, 100 percent. like i think i was just really lucky because like my friends and family were just being very supportive of me obviously because they love me but then it was kind of like the perfect storm as well like i can't really ignore that being a factor because we were in lockdown and people were just chilling and mm. people wanted to cook more so I, I was able to take advantage of that time 
But like I say, my friends and family were just really happy for me because I feel like I've always been like, not always unhappy, that sounds a bit sad. <laughs> but like, you know, like I've always felt a bit like lost and like I didn't really know what I was doing. And then they sort of, they saw like the light come back into my eyes. And if you're really passionate about something and you can make shareable content, it should come effortlessly to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, cause I love my food so much. Like I can just like see it and be like, wow, that carrot looks gorgeous. Like, <laughs> Stunning. Come like, here, carrot. Come, yeah, I'm gonna take a little snap of you. <laughs> and like people see it in, in my photos. And obviously as well, like I think a photo sharing app, like I would stress the importance of like producing like nice images. Like it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But like, you know, lighting and stuff, like I'm I'm really lucky because my kitchen's south facing, so like mm. we get all the good light. But you know, for winter I bought a ring light. Like you do sort of have to sort of invest in the experience of having good photos like every single photo I have I edit in visco I've got like a recipe with like all the saturation and the filter like and I use the same one every single time so my feed looks like consistent consistent like you do, you do have to sort of think like that you're on a photo sharing app but obviously if you've got the passion and the love for it you can just create something very nice and mm. beautiful and shareable that reminds me I, n- I need to just like glance in your kitchen before I leave yeah because I can't <laughs> like I can't have never seen where it the magic person. happens <laughs> wink wink <laughs> and another tip I want to get for people is um how to get more confident in cooking because I have a friend I won't name names because it's actually (laughs) embarrassing but she will never stray from a recipe like yeah a teaspoon she'll be like oh is that too heaped I'm like fucking hell just put it in like how do you build that one thing I'd say to her this mystery friend is I'd say like with cooking, like you don't have to be as anal about that, but with with baking, there baking's more science based. Like there is ratio is key in baking, so I can see that. But then it's just the thing is with cooking, like you do sort of have to just do it and go out there and do it. But my main tip is, if you totally have no confidence in the kitchen, I would say make your favorite food. So mm. if your favorite food is pizza. Make pizza every single day. Make it every weekend. And then even if it's not very good, like, because you like pizza so much, like, Mm. it will probably never be that shit of a pizza, right? But then if you're making pizza all the time, guess what? You're learning bread. You're learning how to make a tomato sauce, which is, like, the base to so many things. You're learning about toppings. You're learning about texture. You're learning about what different flavors work together. All of these skills are, like, you can transfer them to other areas of cooking um and i'd say you know if you're making pizza every single weekend right immerse yourself in fucking pizza life youtube video that different types of pizza go on reddit there's a pizza subreddit learn about other people making pizza learn about your oven temperature like from just focusing on one small thing and getting good at that Mm. all the skills are totally transferable and then the thing is with following a recipe it's like yeah you have to do that but if you're feeling like a shred of doubt like Google something else, like look elsewhere, because mm. at the end of the day, like there are a lot of variables that go into cooking. Like even if I cook in someone else's kitchen, like I cooked at my my friend's uh, flat, like uh, before lockdown, and we made like steaks and stuff. But she she had like a different pan to me, and she had you know what I mean, like. Mm you know, people's resources aren't necessarily the same as the recipe writer. But what I would say is get really good at one thing and you'd be shocked at how much you can carry that into other other parts of cooking. And I think my other thing I'd say as well, like there's always like the seasoning debate, isn't there? Like I, I do think the white think people- I over-season. Yeah, so I I've got know. tea. I've got tea on this because like obviously we also saw Molly May's like chicken breast, didn't we? Like <laughs> she made for Tommy Fury. It's like seasoning Wait, is- no, I just want to defend her really quick because I hate that and he clearly uh, wanted it like that. But anyway, I, he did. He <laughs> likes mayonnaise and unseasoned meat. That's just that. That's just Tommy that's just Fury. That's, that's, that's a bit of him. Like let's not food shame. But um, I think the problem is with seasoning is like, because I love TikTok, right? And like people in the TikTok comments angry like I don't know what is wrong with these people but they're always beefing about something and I remember seeing this like chef I really like like make something and he just mostly used like salt and like garlic and stuff to season like where's the seasoning where's the seasoning and what you need to know is that like seasoning adds flavors but salt enhances them and marries them together mm-hmm. so you can be like layering seasoning on seasoning and you can still have something that doesn't have like taste almost like it's got no salt because you've not married it together with the right amount of salt like i think people are really spooked about salt because obviously it's like you learn about how like terrible salt is but i really home cooking will never over salt you like 
unless you're like making, you know, eating a lot of processed food that's got like fuckloads of salt in it, like you're not gonna like really like damage your health. Like don't be scared of salt because you can put all these amazing seasonings and flavors into a dish and then it can just still taste of nothingness sort of because it just needs a bit mm. of salt. Like I remember one of my lodges was like cooking a meal she's like bonnie like what does this need like i've added paprika i've added garlic i've added cumin i've added da, 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 and, and i tasted it and i was like salt <laughs> i need some fucking salt <laughs> and like. as well like another thing i would say sorry there's so much to say on this no, Christ, no. i'm like taking notes Ooh, take some little notes <laughs> um so there's a really good book by a chef called salmon called fat salt acid heat and these are like the basic sort of principles of food and flavor it's, it's a recipe book, but it's almost sort of like a Bible in the way that she really deeps into like these four elements of flavor. And um, ever since I read that, it sort of really made me think because you need you need fat. So even mm. just the stuff like your butter, your oil, like those things add like a very nice base of flavor. Like if you're cooking something with like bacon and like the fat releases into the sauce, like that kind of way of thinking, obviously salt, salt's done. Like I'll, I'll never stop talking about salt. I'm obsessed with salt. I love her. (laughs) Like don't be scared of salt. (laughs) And then heat, like the way that like charring or like caramelizing things can add flavor. Like one Mm. of the things that I notice is people use two small pans like people use a pan that like will fill up sort of the whole way because they're like, oh, I'm cooking for one. Like I need this small pan. But if you're using a small pan, like, you're not going to conduct the heat properly and you're not going to be able mm. to get the caramelization. And like, it's these like small layers of flavor that take your food from like being, oh, I made this nice little cute pasta to being like, wow, I made this really good pasta. And then the other one is acid. And then that stuff like vinegar or lemon and lime, like those sort of like notes, those sharp notes can really take your places so I, I wouldn't just necessarily be like right i'm making this i need to add all these spices like think basic like think fat salt acid heat mm. she has is it a she salmon, yeah salmon yeah has a is it a netflix yeah she does thingy. i knew i'd seen yeah, that it's like, a really good watch um might give it a watch uh, that's really i'm gonna bear that in mind because i felt really guilty about how much salt i eat no but I mean, I mean if you saw me put salt on my food you'd probably say like <laughs> yes yeah, like everything yeah. has salt i said on. that for everyone but you no, I no. <laughs> <laughs> not you uh, maybe i'll cut down a bit um well so that hopefully helps people be confident more in the kitchen mm-hmm. but lastly i just want to go on to ask you if confidence has kind of affected you in any way on your page because um cooking is like mainly dominated by guys as you brought to my attention and i just want to see like do you ever feel a bit like pushed to the side and what is your like opinion on all yeah so obviously ladies it's a man's world out here don't (laughs) let anybody tell you it's not because it is like it is a man's world and i do think with cooking, like, I feel like there's a lot of blokey blokiness and, like, whoa, whoa, like, huh, like, that kind of, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into lad banner. Like, I told you, I can't even listen to male podcasts because it's just jarring. Like, it sounds, like, I'm, you know, I love men, like, listen, I've got brothers, you know, come on, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say yeah, I that's on the pod. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. But sometimes I just hear male voices in my space. I'm, like, triggering. Like, I don't like this. Like, I'm not entertained. PTSD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh god not this these clowns again and even though like i love men and i I love like most of my food friends are men like i feel like they sort of want to collaborate and like do their little little thing together because like you know they they have like that sort of similar sense of humor but then like they i think the women sort of do get a little bit forgotten about and sidetracked so one of my things is i am looking to push that sort of narrative about females in cooking and females like coming together oh my god i hate the word females why was i using it it's like diet bitches what else else can we call them bitches like well bitches is fun and cute but like females is like when a man says females i'm like you're just saying bitches (laughs) yeah i know say bitches if you want to say bitches (laughs) women um i want to definitely like put a little community a little collective together like female chefs and cooks and sort of encourage like women to get into the kitchen like because i do feel like there is a lot of male voices in the room and i I don't fit in with that. Like, I've got male friends. Like, I was, you know, when lockdown closed, I was, like, hanging out with all my guy friends. I love being around that energy. But then I also feel like it can sort of knock your confidence a bit. And, like, Mm. I feel like if you already sort of suffer a bit with your confidence, 
you've got to like sort of wake up every day and be like today is gonna be a good day yeah i can do this like psych yourself up and then sort of when you see like all the boys doing boy stuff together and and then sometimes i feel like you know like people will put like looks as a factor like i remember like people saying like you need to put your face in it more like you know like that's kind of like oh i wish i didn't have to like Mm -hmm. obviously it adds a bit of personality and like personal touch to it but i feel like you know like when you're not feeling confident it's like hard to be like selfie time like it's it's rough to have to like sort of force yourself to do that and i feel like you know a lot of the time i find that the guys don't really care about that stuff as much like i'll be like christ i've got to do my makeup like like you know set myself up to like take all these photos of myself but again i just feel like instagram like just encourages these like one great snaps and if that one snap like that one picture of yourself that you know i mean isn't good then you can just like set you off to a bad note but i feel like if you do videos and you're sort of showing yourself as a whole being as opposed to like a little snapshot of yourself all the time regularly as well. yeah it'll come across as better exactly so i do feel like yeah there's a lot of male voices in the community but like as a female voice i am a particularly loud and (laughs) in your face one (laughs) so loud and obnoxious bitch yeah literally like (laughs) someone tell her to shut up (laughs) so i'll be the voice like if needs be like i will definitely start a little female space with Women to cook. A little collective of the girlies because this is who I want to listen to. Like, I think, you know, like I think like 70% of my following is female or something. And I was like, good. (laughs) Blessed. (laughs) Keep it that way, girl. But, you know, I need to like cater to that female voice. And I think that's another reason why it's like hard to stop there. I don't feel confident. Like, I've got to like do what all my peers are doing. Like, you know, like Mm. a lot of like the guys I know in cooking, like they do sort of little skits, little one minute videos. Like, you know, I want to make content for the girlies. I want to like have a chat and drink wine and like do that kind of vibe. Oh my God, please do this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking for like... Like like, like a cook along kind of thing. Like you can just stick it on, have a glass of wine and just be in the kitchen, just do it properly. Well, yeah, that was one of my sort of plans for my youtube channel i was gonna like do like a bit of like uh every every time i make a video like have a little different drink on the go and then i can talk about that and then we can just get cooking like relax like you know put some candles on like get in the bath like watch me make a fucking lasagna like (laughs) (laughs) that's the plan i need you to do this now so (laughs) is that your plans for the future if i was to ask you that question now yeah subscribe people at bonnie does food (laughs) i think i've got like three loyal subscribers that I've had since like March when I set oh, up my account. I've not posted anything, but some some people have subscribed to me, which is which is nice. Even though there's nothing there. Like your mum, <laughs> <laughs> or my three friends, like Christ. Um, no, yeah, I think because I I put my I've got like um links on my website, and I just put my YouTube one on there because I'll be like one day, one day. So I've got some subscribers, but at the minute I'm just saving up for a camera, and then I'm definitely gonna make some sort of like long, not long like thirty minutes long, like you know we're I'm all busy. Like, <laughs> yeah like when is she gonna shut up this, this bitch again um but like long like you know like 14 15 minutes because i think the things i kind of cook like i really want to teach people how to cook like i don't want to be like a content farm that's like i need to post on the instagram algorithm every day so i'm gonna wham out all these videos like i think in posting a lot on instagram is important but youtube you can sort of you can post like once twice a week and sort mm. of is is more calm and still have your cooking as the main focus because at the end yeah. of the day you didn't sign up to like yeah, I'm not a comedian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get jokes out of me, me on four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, you know, be like, okay, all my personality is going to go into this one minute video. Like, ah, I need to make some jokes. Then I'm just going to come out. It's so It becomes soul destroying. It becomes soul destroying. It really does. I tried to make organized jokes, and I was like, this is the end of me. I was like, Did I you write them down. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I my little loose up. I was like, right, I need to think of some, some puns. And then I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, and I want to end it all. Like, I'm embarrassed. Like, it's horrible. Like, taking them off on your arm as you It's so fucking tragic, isn't it? So I was like, right, it needs to be funny. Like, these these are the food Instagrammers. Uh, and I was like, listen, I, I have faith in my, in my sense of humor. I'm not going to condense it into one minute. It just doesn't yeah. work. Girl, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so like, I can't crack a joke on demand. I'm not, I'm not a clown. There was a clown college today. Like fucking um. So I'm not Stop. doing it. I'm signing out. Okay. I'm done. Well, I'll subscribe. I'll Thank subscribe you. and I'll patiently wait. Good. Is there a lasting sentiment you would like to leave for everyone? I ask this mm. at the end of every 
pod um, hit me. <laughs> Funny. Uh, yeah, oh my God, did it crack a joke? <laughs> or I'm not uploading this podcast. <laughs> Done. Um, I would say my lasting sentiment is if you're having a hard time out there, like I hear you and I believe you and I feel you. And if you're in a little bit of a hole, like I'm really sorry you're going through that because it's so fucking dry and nobody ever talks about how fucking dry it is. And at the same time, like there's not a lot of shit that other people can do but at the end of the day like your experience is real and valid and if you can do things that make you um embrace your inner child that's what i'd i I was told that piece of advice once so i was like right you're feeling really sad like embrace your inner child like what what are the things like because a lot of people say like when they were last happy they felt like they were a child so it's kind of like okay well how can i reconnect with that voice of myself so if you need to download all of the sims 2 again go on the Wii Fit or like <laughs> bounce on a trampoline or my thing was cooking. Like you'd be surprised at how much like doing those things that made you happy when you were younger can sort of like bring the life back into you. So if anyone listening is having a shitty time, like it will be fine. Everything works out in the end. And if it's not all right, then it's not the end. I love that. Period. Or play, or play with your brats because <laughs> I literally yeah. love those. Hot girls were into brats. <laughs> Shit girls were into Barbie. Yeah. They were, they were the bullies. Not school. to like gatekeep, but like, come on. Hotties were into brats. That's, period. Okay, I think I'm going to cut us off here. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, uh, thank you. It's been I'm a pleasure. I'm cheers into you right now Cheers. and you're like, <laughs> clink, clink, clink. <laughs> um, and yes, cannot wait to see our YouTube. Thank At you. Bonnie Does Food. Follow her. At Bonnie Does Food. Thanks, guys. <laughs>